Welcome to the Out of the Basement Podcast, a show where a group of friends get together and talk about a variety of geeky topics. Find out what shows we've been watching, find out what movies we've seen, find out what games we're playing. Come along and join us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Out of the Basement Podcast. My name is always Devin Turak, and today I'm joined by Patrick Leeson. Hey, hello, how's it going, everyone? Paul Sanders. Hello, everyone. Patrick Ramsahoy. Hello, everyone. And Dwayne McKinnon. So, uh, it's been about a month since we last got together, uh, so why don't we start with our normal segment one, which is our weeks slash month in the hobby. Uh, this time, let's start uh, with Paul. Paul, why don't you go first? What have you done? Um, I've been working a whole lot, so I haven't done much of anything. Literally didn't have time. Although, we have picked up a new game. Uh... Ghost Recon, Breakpoint, Tom Clancy. It's very similar to Division 2 that we've been playing for a while. Um, but it has, see, it's more realistic and it's more tactics-based with an open world. And to be honest with you, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm um, much preferred I have, to I have complaints about that, about that game. <clears throat> what are your complaints, sir? Uh, my primary complaint about that game is I'm trying to assault a base. Uh, I kill 30-some-odd guys. There's a mission that takes place in there, so I start the mission, and all of a sudden, six guys pop out of nowhere and fucking beat me down. So that hour that I just wasted slowly clearing out that base apparently was completely useless because I'm getting jumped by people who weren't there before I started this mission. I don't like that at all. If I take the time to actually clear out a base, then I should be able to do that mission without any interference. I see. That, that bugged hmm. me. That was like the... That's the only... I've never heard of that in, in here. Like, I expect, you know, if the mission says, you know, like, you're expecting guys to show up, then I'm expecting guys to show up. So, even though I cleared the base, like, I've gone, I've done the same thing. I've cleared, I've cleared an entire area and then had to protect somebody as a bunch of bad guys were coming in to attack us. But it wasn't like the entire, everyone else on the base was suddenly back and attacking us, so... I'm not sure uh, what mission you were doing that it was giving you that trouble. So um, I was, I had to um, uh, download data from a, uh, a, a data source, and apparently that triggered guys who know exactly where I am and um, and just jump me all of a sudden. A, a lot of that game is actually a little bothersome, but whatever. I, it's it's been okay. Yeah. All right. Well, to each their own. I thought you would have enjoyed the more. Um, tactical experience. No, I mean that, that so. part. That part's fine. I I enjoy sneaking up to the base. I enjoy slowly sniping people from like a elevated position, and I can take out you know. Oh, there's their sniper. I take him out first. Then there's some guards who are kind of in a hidden area where other people won't see them. I'll take them out next with my sniper rifle, and then yeah. once the uh, the outside perimeter has been secured, then I'll slowly make my way inside and start picking off people one at a time. But like the second you get spotted, all of a sudden everyone knows exactly where you are and they converge on you and there's like 30 of them and there's like one of you and, you know, it takes forever for you. Anyway, like, uh, uh. <laughs> have you, have, have you, are you using like the stealth effects in it? 
Are you crouching? Yeah. Are you? Of are course. You, you, you know, know. Listen, I'm an I'm a expert at these stealth games where um, <laughs> okay. where you where you kill people without ever being seen. Like that's my preferred modus. Uh, if if yeah. I can sneak in behind someone, like like one of my f- favorite games ever was Splinter Cell, and that's the game yeah. where you're you're constantly yeah. hiding in shadows, sneaking behind people, grabbing them, pulling them into the shadows, murdering them, and leaving their bodies where their their companions won't find them. Like that's my favorite game of all time. So yeah, you can do that in this game. You can so absolutely done, you can. I've done. I've it. done it several times. But I'm just like, are you taking advantage of your drone though? Uh, one thing I don't like about this drone compared to like say in um, uh, Division, your drone when it pings people, it doesn't like it doesn't that stuff doesn't remain in your um, heads up display. Like it's, yeah, it, 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 does. fa- it doesn't for me. It fades away after like two two seconds. Oh, because like the drone, you you like go launch the drone, and then you can do aerial recon of the entire base and pings every single person, and it doesn't go away for me. So I'm not sure why it goes away for you. Oh, it's I can see where everyone is. I have it on realistic settings. Oh, you're doing the 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 you've you've gone to the the immersive. I have, I have, yeah, I've gone fully immersive Uh... for everything except um on the map itself. Uh, there's there's a there's a option to go either guided or completely freeform where you have to find things yourself. I selected the guided option because I, I like having like an indicator saying, okay, you're 300 meters away from this target. You're 500 meters away from this other objective that you have over here. Uh, three kilometers down that way, down that road, there's another objective. So I like having those available for my visual. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, everything else is fully immersive. Well, that might be your problem. Okay. Well, but it's more, he's, he's, but he's enjoying the, the playing it that way, though, right, Dev? You like playing the fully. I mean, I'm one? kind of enjoying it. I'm like maybe 50 50 now. I find the game super frustrating because I'll spend, like I said, an hour trying to clear out a base, and then all of a sudden I'm getting jumped by people who shouldn't be there. That, that bugs well, me. Well, then swap it over to the other one. I, I don't, try, I don't know if that'll make way. a difference. Um, it, it might. I mean, try it. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. I guess I, I I started off with the the classic and then um, I swapped I sorry I swapped 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 to the immersive to try it. Mm-hmm. But the way the immersive works is um, there's no gear leveling. There's yeah. nothing like that. I like that. So yeah, but I found okay. What is my incentive? You know, uh, I wanted to get better gear and stuff, so that was my incentive to stay with the the other stuff. The other one, is, or the immersive, is like you find if you find a gun that you like and you don't want to worry about trying to get a better version or improve it or anything, then switch to immersive. And that's probably where I'm kind of almost at that stage now, where I've got the gun that I like, but it keeps getting reduced in its abilities because, because I'm out leveling it. Yeah. Right, so I'm getting to the point now where I'm just like, well, maybe I should deactivate the gear level so I don't have to worry about that because I've got the guns I like. Yeah, and then you can always do like a Mark II, Mark III upgrade version of the weapon that you like anyway. Yeah, they're already maxed Mark III, Are they? so okay. yeah. So it, that's kind of where I'm at now is debating whether or not to switch it to immersive and just. But then I, I keep thinking to myself, I'm like, well, then what's my incentive to keep going, like? Because you can't, you don't loot anything at that point. Right. Like, it's all, you know, if you want a different weapon, you have to drop what you've got and you're picking up something else. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of, ah, do I really want to, like, what's my incentive? I don't have, I, I felt that there isn't an incentive. Maybe I haven't explored enough of it. 
to figure out why I'm like, why am I going here if I'm not going for a reward? Well, I, I'm, I'm enjoying the storyline. The yeah. game requires a lot more tactics than division. Yeah, right. oh, of course, and I, I much prefer that. I, I love the I love the tactics. Yeah. No more so. running forward, just shooting shotgun, going. I can do this. Oops. No, because you can't. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no, and I I'm just I'm really enjoying being able to do a lot of the stuff with it. I I, I like the open world concept. I I wish it was a little bit. Um, I, I'm having trouble with. Uh, there's just so many missions everywhere. You mm. might not be having that because you're just using you're what doing the trial version. Yeah, although the trial yeah. version it's 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 the full game. It's just you have a limited amount of time you can play. So it, you start off with six hours available to you. I think I'm down to my last hour so far. Oh well, the the reason I'm ask I, I'm asking is because like I've got like there's there's a couple expansions out. Mm. So now it's giving me like chapters one, two, and three. All of these missions are available right off the bat, and yeah. it's sort of like. It's well, all over the that's place. it's it's yeah, it's too much. They needed to, they needed to better progress. They needed better progression. Yeah, yeah. they needed a progression. Be like, hey, you can do chapter three before you do chapter yeah. one. Yeah, it's like I I stumbled into the, like the main place and I uh, picked up a quest for chapter three, mm-hmm. and it 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 makes references to a whole bunch of stuff in chapters one and two, and I'm like, I don't know any of this. Why are you referencing it? Yeah, you know, and I I wish that that content was locked until i had progressed to get to that content instead of just being like everything dropped in your in your lap saying figure it out for yourself you know yeah the 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 learning curve did seem a lot steeper than a game like division or or even far cry which is another game which is it's very similar to what this is um Mm -hmm. i've played a lot of fire uh far cry games um all all five so far and uh the um the kind of bonuses the the blood cry and the um mm-hmm. uh, primal and whatever else so uh, th- they're games that i really enjoy but um uh but th- this one unlike all those um there's no progression in storyline like you said everything is just kind of available for you off the bat and uh it's very confusing i mean i like the concept like you can go here and there's a whole bunch of stuff for you to do but you know, it needs a it needs a a progression mm-hmm. to to make it a lot more enjoyable and to make the story make more sense. Agreed. Yeah, well, like I said, I do enjoy it though, especially as a team. When you play as a team, it's yeah, no, it, it's it's really good in that way. And I have to admit, I've crashed five helicopters this morning. <laughs> <laughs> you get shot down yet, Paul? No, I haven't got well, shot down, but I, I I tend to fly into a lot of trees, and I don't know why. To, normally, I'm normally I'm not in, I'm not having trouble today, man. Every <laughs> helicopter I got into, it was just like take off and immediately hit a tree on takeoff, and then crash. And I'm like, well, I, there goes that helicopter. I better go mm-hmm. find a motorcycle. And then <laughs> that's pretty much what my what my morning was like. <laughs> You'd think after a while the people with the helicopter would start to notice all these crashed helicopters. Oh, like, hey. All last week I crashed once in the entire week and then t- this morning five times in like the last three hours. It's like, why? I don't understand. Maybe I'm just tired or I'm just taken yeah, off. To that could be. You could be tired because you've been working like a dog. Ah, uh, Yes. Working like a dog. I don't know. I see we my were... dog every day. He doesn't work very hard. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say <clears throat> farm dog. How about that? Working like a farm dog. Sheep dog. Oh. <sighs> Pretty lazy sheep dogs out there, though. I don't know. 
Anyway, that's pretty much it for me. It's just been this game and work. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's move on to you, Mac. Okay. Um, well, let's see. Starting with uh, gaming, uh, not a whole lot changed uh, as far as new games or anything that I've been playing. Um, however, on the uh, tabletop side of things, I've been uh, looking into Foundry VTT or Foundry Virtual Tabletop mm -hmm. um, as a as another option to roll twenty. Um, it's got its pluses and its uh, minuses. Uh, one of the minuses is that uh, the GM has to actually purchase the software. It's a fifty dollar mm -hmm. US purchase, but it's a one time purchase. Once you've got once you buy it, uh, then you have the system available forever uh also the players don't need to worry about the software because their interface is web-based so they just have to go to a specific website and uh, then they're getting access uh to what the gm has and everything the gm has can be stored locally on their own computers so you don't have to worry about taking up cloud space or anything like that um the rule books are basically all available uh for I think it's 150 different systems they've got uh, available right now. Um, and uh, that's no charge uh, at this point uh, because uh, it's all pretty much been put up by volunteers uh, who are doing all the work on their own time to put it up. Uh, so that's pretty handy because with Roll20 um, and Foundry, or not Foundry, um, uh, it's that uh, other one, uh, D&D &D one one? Hmm? The D&D &D one? Uh... Uh, yeah, no, there's a... I'm wanting to say Fantasy Flight, but that, of course, is a... Fantasy Grounds. A, yeah, Fantasy Grounds, that's it. Yeah. Uh, for both of those, you actually have to buy the rule systems. Um, and I'm really not too happy with the way they do that, because, uh, you know, I've bought the PDFs directly from Paizo for about $15 U.S., um, but if I want to buy it off of Roll20 so that I have access to the rule books uh, in, in the actual game system, I'm paying the same price that I'd pay for the hardcover. And I, I, I don't really like that aspect of it. So I do like that it's available. I've got the beastery with all the tokens and everything already filled out available for me in Foundry. Um, and it's not costing me anything extra to do that. So I, I really do appreciate that. Um, you get all, of course, all of the advanced stuff that uh, Roll20 would have uh, as part of your basic purchase. So I, I like that as well. Um, I can, uh, when I put up the map, I can set up walls uh, and declare whether they're doors, if they're invisible walls to represent windows, if it's uh, a natural object on the, on, the, on the screen, like a tree or something like that. And so when I set up the lighting on the map, uh, those walls get taken into account. So I walk by a window, I'll be able to see what the window would be able to show me uh, if I were to look through, but I wouldn't be able to see what's immediately around the corner or anything like that. As a player, it would be blocked out for me. Hmm. Uh, so that's pretty nice. Um, and, you know, uh, if you have the, the global lighting set up on the map, because, you know, it's daytime in an outdoor location or something like that, um, you still get the fog of war. So I walk around a corner and I still won't be able to see what was on the other side of that corner until I actually take a look there. Um, and it also automatically adjusts uh, to what a character's vision would be based on what it, their vision is set up on the, on the character sheet. 
right? So I, I don't have to worry about what they'd see. They move their character along the along a path, and they'll be able, the, the program automatically takes care of showing the character what it is that they'd be able to see. Okay, so it's yeah. similar to uh, dynamic lighting, though, but better. Yeah, yeah, it's it's well, yes, because I don't have to buy premium to get it. Start with. yes. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, going to go somewhere and I had completely forgotten. Um, there are a lot of modules, that's what it is. There are a lot of add-on modules that you can uh, download and install onto a map. Um, so there, there are some that are specific for the game system that you're playing, right? Because uh, Pathfinder uses the, their dice a little differently than uh, Dungeons and Dragons would. Uh, and so you can get some modules that'll help you make up that difference in the way that the dice are rolled. Um, you can also uh, buy special effects, or not buy, uh, download and install special effects modules. So instead of it, when you cast a spell, instead of it just showing you the area that it would uh, be affecting, you could actually have it show that area with a uh, frost effect or with fire effect, just to kind of liven things up a little bit. Um, I don't believe that it actually works too well, or that it has its own uh, video or sorry, audio, um, because there is a separate module that uh, you can install for uh, integrating Discord directly into the tabletop program. Uh, so I would think that we, if I were to use that, I'd still have to be using Discord for the for the audio. But uh, yeah, overall, I'm I'm thinking that it's uh, it's going to be a pretty good system if I give it a go. Um. And that's uh, pretty much it as far as gaming goes. Uh, for things that I've been watching, well, just yesterday uh, on Amazon Prime, we watched Bliss. That's a, a new film with uh, Owen Wilson and Selma Hayek. Uh, the premise is kind of a kind of like The Matrix, sort of an idea. You've got this guy who is uh, completely down on his luck he's just recently divorced uh he's feeling really distracted with these visions that he's getting of this wonderful place um and he's focusing on that so much that he ends up getting fired and you know he's a uh, living walking uh, murphy's law if something could go wrong for him it, it does will. go wrong um <clears throat> until he meets uh isabel the character played by uh, selma hayek who uh, basically is telling him yeah this isn't real you're living in a simulation uh, and uh, so he, things have gotten so bad for him, he doesn't really have anything to lose, so he starts following her and basically ends up living his life as a homeless person, um, losing touch with his family, well, with his, his daughter and his son and so on. Um, and eventually he does, they do make it back into their real world, which is a utopian society, right? And the whole reason why uh, Isabel has been creating this simulation is because things are so good for everybody in the real world that they're not appreciating it as much. And so uh, she's created this simulation you can dive into and really see how bad things could be to help you appreciate what you already have. That, that's what her goal is. Um, but, the, you know, the worlds start getting mixed up for, uh, for Greg, Owen Wilson's character. Um, and so you're, you're kind of wondering which world really is the real world and which world is the more important one. 
is it that uh, it's a really real world, man? Yeah, is he gone schizophrenic and the uh, the beautiful world is just in his imagination, or uh, is the uh, is the simulation the real the real deal? So that was a that's a pretty good movie. It it definitely leaves you scratching your head at the end and wondering, okay, what did I just see? Uh, but if you like that kind of uh, a mind twisting movie, then uh, I think it's worth uh, checking out. Um, let's see, uh, something I've never talked about, but I've been watching it for the longest time, and uh, this probably would uh, interest Pat as well, is uh, the Curse of Oak Island on uh, the the History Channel. I believe it is. Oh, okay. Uh, so you've got two brothers. Now they're into like season nine now, I think. So you've got two brothers, the Lagina brothers, who are from uh, Michigan. Uh, so uh, Rick Lagina, who's the older brother and the one who had caught the bug and wanted to figure out the the solution to Oak Island, was uh, a U.S. postal worker. Uh, given that up to uh, pursue his Oak Island uh, treasure hunting, but his brother Marty is co-owner of a, a major uh, oil. Well, I wouldn't say major, but certainly big enough that he's got millions of dollars that uh, he can throw at figuring out what's going on with Oak Island. So his biz- his real his regular business partner, a fellow named Craig Tester, uh, is in with him, and so the two of them are using their uh, mining know-how as well as their uh, their funds to actually purchase lots on Oak Island and pursue the uh, the treasure hunt again. Um, and it's really interesting. They've come up. They've been discovering some interesting stuff that could potentially indicate that uh, the Americas was known to Europeans for quite some time. Um, they they're they've had some evidence that of artifacts that uh, date back to the 1200s and uh, potential contact or connections to the Knights Templar. Um, but. As they're getting closer to actually figuring things out, uh, it's uh, looking a little more like it's uh, 16th century Eng- British uh, project or something like that. Um, but they've been discovering a lot of things that uh, previous searchers and people have been searching on this island for like 200 years for the treasure. Uh, but they're discovering things that uh, hadn't been discovered at all or really understood uh you know, in all that time. So uh, it, it's getting kind of interesting, but there is a whole lot of, oh, maybe this is going to be something important without ever actually figuring out if it is important. But uh, yeah, if you're if you're interested in uh, in Oak Island, it's definitely worth checking it out. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Netflix stuff, oh, mainly uh, anime type things. So I did finish off Demon Slayer. Uh, it is a, a fun anime uh one of the things about it that i find is different from the usual ones is or the this usual style of uh i'm a special hunter against uh, these nasty evil creatures is that the main character is actually very sympathetic to the demons that he's fighting largely because he knows that they all used to be human at some point and uh since his sister has been turned into a demon he can see her plight reflected in in the uh, demons that he's fighting. So uh, that's an interesting take on things. Um, I have also been watching Black Butler, season one. 
this has been on Netflix for a little while. Uh, so you've got this kid whose parents are are killed. He's a, he's a, uh, they're from the nobility. He's uh, taken on or he's inherited the title of Earl. Um, but uh, related to whatever happened to his parents, uh, he ended up making a deal with a demon. And so that demon is now uh, always around him as his butler. Uh, of course, everybody thinks that he's just a normal butler and he yeah. can just do extraordinary things. Um, and so it's it takes place in the Victorian era, in Victorian England. Um, and so the CL, uh, uh, the, uh, the boy who's the Earl, is, uh, is known as the uh, guard dog of the Queen. So the Queen has uh, missions and she'll give it to him and he's investigating it. But his overall... Uh, purpose is trying to figure out what happened to his parents and get his revenge on the people who killed them. So, if you like supernatural type anime, then this one's a good one for you. It's got humorous elements to it, but it's also pretty serious. And I've been watching uh, the Oran High School Host Club, which is a reverse harem uh, anime. Um, So you've got uh, this... uh, new character or this character that we're sort of following uh who uh stumbles into this the oran host club uh so she is uh new to this school she's just uh, what they keep calling a commoner she's just a regular person who's in this highly prestigious uh high school that's uh got the best of the best the, you know the, the wealthiest uh, families are represented in the student body of this place Um, And so the host club is basically a bunch of guys who are just short of being gigolos, uh, who are just uh, trying to, you know, they're bored, and they're trying to bring a bit of uh, excitement into the the women students who have nothing better to do either. Um, And of course, when our main character shows up, uh, she's looking all... She's looking like a guy. She, they all think that she's a guy, and then they discover that she's a woman. So they're fighting hard to keep her as a member of the host club and not let her gender uh, come out to public knowledge. Of course, she doesn't care. Uh, she'd be quite happy if everybody knew that she was a woman. And, uh, so you get some adventures like that. Plus, you know, the, there's potential relationship uh, activity going on uh, between her and all the members of the club in one way or another. So all the episodes are you know, either about trying to keep her from being exposed as woman or uh, the, uh, the different club members trying to get some sort of a relationship with her or her just discovering the history of these, uh, these stuck-up snobs and realizing that they're not quite as stuck-up as they used to be or as she used to think that they are, but at the same time, they're learning that uh, her life is pretty interesting, too. Just because she's a commoner doesn't mean that uh, that there's nothing of value about her. So, um, it's kind of fun. A lot of humor to it. So, if you like the, uh, the lighter end uh, harem type shows, then, then it, it, it's fun. Uh, and I think that pretty much uh, covers everything that I've been doing. Okay, let's move on then to Dwayne. Uh, so, not uh, not a lot for me for the past month or so. 
Uh, I actually sat down and watched the first episode of Good Omens last night. So, yep, that was fun. Uh, meaning to do that for ages, but uh, never got around to it until last night. Um, I caught up on Legends of Tomorrow from last season. So uh, that was uh, that was pretty good. Uh, very sorry to see Brandon Routh's uh, Ray Palmer leave the show. But, oh well, you know, that's show business, I guess. Um, on the gaming side, uh, at the urging of a friend from work, I managed to get... Uh, Magic the Gathering Arena working, um, at least on my Linux partition. So that's been interesting. I haven't played Magic in a very, very long time. <laughs> so uh, it's been fun. Uh, haven't actually played since last weekend, so not something I'm spending a lot of time on. But... Uh, on the reading side of things, uh, I'm continuing my uh, Dresden Files reread. I'm on uh, Turncoat, which I think is book 11. Okay, yeah. And so that's like, it's actually been a really good series to read over again because Butcher definitely does a lot of building on what has gone before. And I don't think you'd be completely lost if you picked up a book at random and just read it. But there is definitely benefit to having the stuff that came before kind of fresh in your mind. And, that. and so uh, I'll be taking a break from the main series after this book because uh, it was after Turncoat that his uh, Dresden Files short story collection, Side Jobs, was published. So I'm, I'm going to read Side Jobs after I'm done with this one. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, so I read um, a book by Canadian author, Son of a Trickster. Uh, picked that up from the Ottawa Public Library. And the CBC turned that into a show. I think I might be repeating myself. I think I might have talked about this last podcast. So I will just say uh, an enjoyable book. Uh, language was a bit rougher than I care to read for an entire novel. <laughs> but um, it, it was pretty good stuff, and I'm definitely going to have to check out the sequel. And then on the comic book side, uh, I'm up to August 2013 on Marvel Unlimited. 
and the big thing right now is uh, Hickman's uh, Infinite crossover, which I believe involves Thanos and possibly the Infinity Stones. Um, not sure. I've only been kind of on the prelude to Infinite stuff so far, so we're still kind of in the build-up phase. Uh, oh, uh, there is one thing I've been checking out on the TV side, specifically on Disney+. Plus. I've seen every episode of WandaVision to date. Okay, I still haven't. That's on my list for, for getting done. And uh, so the penultimate episode was uh, on Friday. So there's one more to go. And I've been impressed. Like, mind you, I'm biased. Uh, as anyone who's listened to this knows, I'm a huge Marvel fanboy. Yeah. But uh, now I've been really impressed, particularly with Elizabeth Olsen, because she carries the whole show. I mean, it might be called WandaVision, but uh, it's Wanda that's the star and the focus, and it's all Olsen. And she's been doing a fantastic job of it. Um, so I am really looking forward to the finale next week and maybe, uh, maybe the March podcast will get a chance to discuss, but yeah, since the uh, uh, last episode's coming out next week, I should be able to sit down and binge it before our next episode. Yeah. It's th the episodes are only between 30 and 40 minutes long, although it's possible that the finale will be longer. Um, they're definitely taking advantage of streaming where it doesn't matter mm -hmm. how long your episodes are. Right. So, um, so yeah, I, I've really, really been enjoying WandaVision. And so I'm really looking forward to the next one up, which will be Falcon and Winter Soldier coming in March. I have no doubt it'll be completely different from WandaVision, but um, should yeah, be, I'm sure it'll uh, be a different tone for the, for sure for that one. But should be uh, should be pretty good stuff. Uh, I like the fact that they brought back Emily Van Camp as Sharon Carter. So uh, that's fun because that's another character that didn't really get much of a chance to shine. Uh, Sharon Carter in the comics is much better served than Sharon Carter in the movies. Yes. For sure. And that, uh, on the gaming side, I've been enjoying uh, Mr. Ramsahoy's every second Wednesday uh, Pathfinder stuff. I've, I'm getting a lot more interested in Pathfinder 2nd Edition as a, uh, as a system. And so uh, I've been looking into and thinking, well, you know, if I would actually start from the beginning, what would I like to play? And I've become a bit fascinated with the Alchemist 
as a class. Um, partly because the general consensus online seems to be that Alchemist is the absolute worst class in the game. And, you know, I can kind of, I can kind of see the arguments for that and everything. Um, but there's no reason why you couldn't play one and have fun. Um, you know, for a lot of your career, you're going to be at a to hit deficit compared to more martial inclined characters. But for most of it, it's only going to be by like a point. And I know that Pathfinder 2E is a uh, system where every plus one counts, but I can't bring myself to be worked up terribly much over a point. And so I think it would be kind of fun. Um, what's interesting to me also is uh, there's three subclasses of Alchemist. There's your classic bomber, where you're throwing alchemical who bombs. bombs. He who bombs at midnight? Uh, <laughs> well, kind of. And the nice thing is, is that, um, for example, a good ancestry for a uh, alchemist bomber is goblin. So you have, you have goblin bombers, which uh, can be fun. Um, although I think I'd go a halfling, personally. I've been, I've been looking over that. Um, there's also the mutagenist, where you basically quaff a potion to give yourself combat abilities, and you take a deficit at the same time. And the final one is the uh, surgeon, um, spelled C-H-I-R-G-U-E-O-N, um, which is an alchemist who specializes in healing things. And I got to say, I have no idea what Paizo was thinking when they put together the surgeon. Um, they released some errata uh, about the alchemist because they were getting a lot of feedback that at the early levels, you simply couldn't make enough alchemical stuff to, you know, last yourself out for the day. So each subclass gets uh, two formulas related to their field. The subclasses are based on your research field. And so the surgeon, um, you get to pick from like antidote or anti-plague um, anti or elixir of life, which is an alchemical healing potion. So they, it, it used to be that you would simply be able to make, uh, for each batch of reagents you get, you could make two potions. And most alchemists would start off being able to make uh, 10 potions total in the morning. Well, they decided this wasn't enough. And so they said, okay, instead of two, if it's one of the formulas from your formula book, 
that like from your research field, you can make three. So there is a fifth level ability that for bombers, instead of two of one bomb, you can make three of any mixture of bombs. You have genist, instead of two of one, you can make three of any. This, this is uh, pre errata but it hasn't been changed, the fifth level. Or the surgeon, you can make, if you make elixirs of life, you can make three of them per batch of reagents, which means the errata killed the fifth level gain for a surgeon. <laughs> because if you picked, if you picked elixir of life as one of your formulas from your research field, which most surgeons would, because getting hurt is the most common thing to happen, as opposed to getting sick or poisoned, you're already making three elixirs of life <laughs> per batch. <laughs> so yeah, with their own errata, they killed a fifth level power-up. And there's even more stuff than that. Um, as far as I'm concerned, all the complaints about Alchemist are completely warranted when it comes to the surgeon research field. But um, I still think I'd like to play a bomber. I think it'd be a lot <laughs> of fun. Um, but yeah, on the uh, Erkdon side of things, uh, I continue my main guy's uh, slow march to legendary status. Had to play yesterday. It was kind of fun. Um, although I misread a spell and spent like uh, three rounds setting it up to realize, oh, it's not going to work. Oop. And uh, in those games, three rounds of combat takes an eternity. So, <laughs> oh well, uh, it happens. It happens. But uh, but now, still having a lot of fun with that. And I also, uh, my friend Trent from Yellowknife has decided he wants to start running games again. Uh, he took a break for a while there, and so we've started up another uh, another game. Uh, Trent loves trying out different systems. This time he's apparently revisiting one. Um, it's called Forbidden Lands. Uh, so we had our first game Friday night. It was all right. Uh, I had a decent time with it. Uh, it's a much grimmer and grittier setting than uh, I usually play in. To be honest, I'm mostly playing just because I like the guys I'm playing with and that the system itself doesn't really do anything for me. But uh, it's a good group and Trent always comes up with uh, interesting things to do. So, uh, so yeah, and that's about it for me. I've got some stuff for news and rumors. Okay, why don't we go on with you then, Pat? And then I'll finish. All up. right. Uh, well, actually, I don't have very much either um, because uh, getting ready for, you know, move and taking class and all that sort of stuff. So uh, and just the normal role playing stuff. So game wise, like a computer game, like Paul said, I played a little bit into the uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, which isn't too bad for the immersive stuff. Uh, we still do our Tuesday Twitch games, which is uh, pretty good. Uh, Dev and I, we did uh, with the Kessel Run uh, thing last week. 
which uh, you were actually there physically. Mm-hmm. I was I was moving in again, and that's where we did our big announcement for uh, the giveaways in a couple of weeks, right in the basement through Kelso Run. Actually, I've got stuff in news and rumors to talk to you about that. Perfect. That's good. Um, so we got a few responses already, and that so it looks like it's it's helped a bit. <laughs> We'll see how it goes. I'll put up some more reminders this week for uh, the people to uh, to sign up and like us and put a comment so we can. I don't, I don't want just five people. It's going to make it very boring <laughs> if that's all we do. <laughs> considering how much a box is worth. Uh, for role playing, like Dwayne said, there's the the Patrick's game there, and then um, don't join uh, my or the Pendragon game can tune in and knows, but now that Eric's doing a paladin game which you missed yesterday dev i did yeah i just wasn't feeling it yeah yeah he stayed alive that's what it was all about we blamed <laughs> you for we blamed you because we're almost dying near the end in one fight we're like it's all his fault because if he was here we'd be have a better chance that's true <laughs> well um it, it was one of those ones where things went so well for us at the beginning you know when you're making all those critical roles and everything where you're like you know what's gonna happen mm-hmm. and then sure enough for the next fight it's like out comes the 20s. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Why could it happen now? Um, but it was a lot of fun. I ran my Cyberpunk game on the Friday. And because in the Cyberpunk genre, a lot of old information is lost, like basically because of these, you know, the corporate wars and EMPs went off. So I'm building up a lot of conspiracy stuff. So they stum- they did the, oh, someone got a random note, which they looked at which actually activated a whole bunch of sequences of things that, you know, they're not supposed to know. And so they got hunted down by, uh, by shadowy corporations or something. So now they're, they're trying to figure out what's going on with that. And also at the same time, staying alive because they're involved with things they're not supposed to, uh, doing the expanse role-playing game, which is a lot of fun. Uh, I think you'd really enjoy it, Dev, because I guess I've talked about it before. There's all the stunts you can do, which is similar to the Star Wars uh, Fantasy Flight game for advantages and that. But it's listed out of here's things, you know, makes it faster because it's, it's stuff that's already pre-done for you for an idea to do with your points. Yeah, I actually have my my copy of the game, which um, arrived uh, maybe two weeks ago. I oh, still, cool. I, I still haven't really gone through it yet, but uh, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so then they're haven't played vampire again for a while, unfortunately. Just it's hard to do with people's uh things. Reading, I haven't actually been reading anything, um, except for when I'm in the bathroom. That's about it. Other because stuff I've been reading has been my textbook, which is exciting that it is not really too geeky. And for TV shows, really nothing because, like I said, between the gaming during the week, packing up getting stuff ready for the move i uh, haven't had time so like i said that's it for me okay well uh i've got a bunch of stuff to talk about when it comes to movies and tv shows not a lot when it comes to computer games uh there's one new video game that i want to talk about uh since the last time we played and that is actually a really cool uh kind of turn-based um representation of the john wick movies so you play, of course, as John Wick, and um, there's a storyline, and you're basically your each scenario you do is a series of in, in interconnected locations, and then um, you basically have like a certain number of action points to do things over the course of your um, 
of of your turn and so but but when actually it's not really action points it's it's kind of more time based so you select an action that you're going to do say you want to move to a position that's going to take a certain amount of time and then meanwhile npcs who you may or may not have seen before are doing their thing in the background and then when you get spotted um you have the opportunity to say you want to fire at the at the guy um well that's the 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 taking the time to aim and fire the, the pistol, that takes a certain amount of time. Their reaction to you might be if they're like a brawler to, to move towards you to try to punch you. So there's a good chance you're gonna shoot them beforehand. But you know, there's a couple different options you have to what you can do and how you can do it. You wanna take like a quick shot, you wanna do a roll to get to another place, you wanna drop down to one knee to get a better aim, that sort of thing. Uh, so it's it's like a, it's a really cool tactical game, which, um, which deals with, uh, uh, time management really more than anything else it's it's i'm really enjoying that i've got about i think three scenarios in so far trying to trying to find this main dude who mm -hmm. uh, and then it also kind of builds on the on the background of the world as well so it's oh, it, nice. it's interesting and that's called uh, john wick hex um, oh, you told me about that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, other than that, there really haven't been any other new video games other than the ones we talked about. You know, I'm still doing my RimWorld. Uh, I still do Grim Dawn every once in a while. Um, when we get together on Tuesdays, we kind of flip back and forth between Vermintide 2, Grim Dawn. I think this week we're probably going to try a Ghost Recon. So um, uh, that's still going. As for... Uh, regular role-playing games uh my star wars games are still going strong uh still have three of those uh, next week we're doing the age of rebellion and then of course i have my weekly um uh, force and destiny and edge of the empire games as well uh for tv shows um i, I i'm, I'm kind of gonna inter intertwine my tvs and movies because just because uh some of them lead to the others i've been watching a bunch of documentaries i watched this really cool one on aircraft carriers um maybe about three weeks ago uh that of course led me to wanting to totally rewatch top gun and then last weekend um i ran across this uh this other documentary called tomcat tales which is uh basically um a documentary about pilots who flew the f-14 tomcat uh, either from aircraft carriers or at um at uh at the top gun training school in miramar um, it, it's funny. Um, a bunch of the people who were actually in the Top Gun movie were actually um, students at Miramar, and so they were like background extras, basically, or they, or they flew as co-pilots uh, or um, uh, navigators, or they flew as, um, or they were just like in in briefings as the other pilots who were in the squadron. So that's that's kind of oh, cool. They they talked about cool. their experience. That was very good. So that's um, a documentary that's actually on uh, Amazon Prime. So it should be available to everyone. Called Tomcat Tales. That led me to once again rewatch. <laughs> <laughs> Top Gun for the second time in a month. Um, this time I skipped through all the love scenes and and just just stuck with the um, the the cool plane stuff. Right in the plane stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm also Jen and I were watching a documentary on Navy SEALs, uh, also on Amazon Prime. Literally called Navy SEALs. It's a four part I think documentary. Uh, it was made maybe like in the late '90s, so it kind of has that '90s documentary feel to it. Um, very. Um, pro military i'm sure you'd guess by mm -hmm. because it's a a uh, documentary about navy seals and it's 
kind of chose them as like you know the elite fighting force in, in the entire world obviously there are other and with their and with their full cooperation and you know, yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah exactly they have to be yeah uh so that was interesting let's say <laughs> Uh, I'm, I, it was it was enjoyable. I, I really did like seeing kind of like the background look into the life of Navy SEALs. Although there is a uh, a TV show going on right now called SEAL Team, which um, it's kind of the same thing, but in a dramatic sense um, with uh, the dude from Buffy. Um, oh, what the hell is his name? Uh, he, Angel, the guy who plays Angel. Um, he's he's the main character in the show called uh, SEAL Team. I really really like David Boreanaz. Yeah, Boreanaz. That's the one. Thank you. Um, so that's a great show that uh, that Jen and I were watching um, as well. I, I'm, I'm sure I talked about uh, Seal Team before. It's it's fantastic. Uh, let's see what else um, we watched. Uh, this movie called Act Naturally. This is not nothing to do with the kind of stuff we normally talk about, but it's about this uh, this pair of sisters. Um, actually, I guess half sisters who um, inherit a nudist colony <laughs> from their father who apparently ran this place without them even having heard about it or known about it. And so they're kind of introduced to the, the world of, of uh, naturalists. And then, you know, they're kind of thrown into the deep end. And that, that was a, a fun movie. Um, I don't know how accurate it is when dealing with the, the whole world of naturalists, but, uh, but it, was, it was enjoyable. And, you know, we got to see a lot of boobs. So that's always fun something i enjoyed doing <laughs> um i was watching a show called tabitha witch of the order this is also on amazon prime um it's again another one of those magic is real but kind of in the in the real world uh hidden from people and she's a member of a order that hunts down uh rogue mages so that's uh interesting I, i'm i'm only like in the first episode so far so but i'm, I'm liking it and then um also on amazon prime uh jen and i watched the show called blood tides it's a very old show like i think 2003 maybe uh about uh this this ex-cop who turns into a private eye because she has some some weird issue with her eyes um who runs into this uh vampire who um apparently can't use his powers on her because of her special eye thing and they become partners and start investigating crimes together and then of course uh because she's a private eye uh she has this super goth uh assistant who um was actually like their first client she ends up becoming her assistant and uh, puts out this ad saying you know no no case is too weird and so she basically becomes the the dumping point for anything strange happening so there's a case about voodoo and and, and a zombie being uh, or uh, a person being res not resurrected but controlled uh through voodoo uh there's a case about some ghosts that are attacking people you know all the weird supernatural stuff uh it's it's actually a super fun show i really like it it's filmed in toronto it's very unapologetically canadian uh you know they talk about toronto being toronto um uh they oh, use good. canadian so the, money so it's it's this is a canadian show yeah it's not like oh look we're in an american city right uh, pretending to be american <laughs> right it's it's yeah. so good i'm really really enjoying that um, I think last time I talked about how we were just starting the show called The Deep, uh, BBC miniseries about a um, an ocean, uh, a underwater area being searched by this um, by this uh, research team, and they run into something down there which is causing all their um, electronics to go haywire, and then it becomes kind of like a disaster scenario where they're they're in a sub, uh, way too deep to get out. 
and um, you know how do they get out of this mess? That that's a very cool. It's only I think six parts. Um, the BBC tends to do, or the British tend to do, very short um, dramas, and then self-contained, mm -hmm. and then sometimes they'll have like another season of something completely different. But that's very very good. I really like that. Minnie Driver is the main character in it. I think she's the only real person who um, who was recognizable throughout the whole show. But I love Minnie Driver, so I really yeah. enjoyed that. And then moving over to Netflix, I'm halfway through a show called Tribes of Europa. It's a, um, a German post-apocalyptic show where technology is broken down and all of uh, the people who live in the landmass of Europe have kind of congregated into these small tribes and, uh, and they're just basically trying to subsist. And um, there's one group which is kind of growing and expanding and killing people around them so that the big bad. And then there's another group which we recently got introduced to, which are kind of like the the remains of the UN forces uh, who have banded to their, uh, their own tribe. And, um, and, and they're kind of trying to save the day. And then the main characters are this group of... Um, not pacifists, but um, nature lovers, I guess you'd call them, who um, kind of live in the forest. Most of the other tribes haven't even heard of them. There's one tribe that they deal with, but they find uh, they or they recover an artifact from a crashed, um, what looks like a spaceship. And so that brings, you know, the war to their doorstep and then their tribe kind of gets destroyed. And, and these three main characters then go off on their own separate journeys, trying to find their family and, and save their people. It's a really good show. Um, I'm naturally watching it dubbed, and it it's so it's a little weird, uh, but I think they did a pretty good job with it. I think that's it for TV and movies. Um, and we already talked about games. Yeah, I guess that's everything. I don't really have much more to talk about. So why don't we move on into news and rumors? All right. Uh, Dwayne, Dwayne, you said you had some stuff. Yeah, I've definitely got some stuff. So, um, interestingly enough, uh, Madeline ends up exposing me to different parts of geekdom, basically. Well, I thought you were going to um, say, like, uh, diseases and viruses. No, no, actually. I'll t one of the things that I've been kind of laughing, kind of laughing about lately is the fact that uh, because of all the pandemic restrictions and stuff, mm -hmm. I haven't had a serious cold in over a year. Yeah, same. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's not much of a silver lining, but I'll take what I can get. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we ended up buying a switch for the family, mostly for Madeline, uh, just before the pandemic introduced severe shortages of uh, consumer electronics like the Switch. So Madeline's really got into a bunch of different things. Uh, and notably, uh, Legend of Zelda and Pokemon. So it turns out that, believe it or not, uh, 2021 is the 25th anniversary of Pokemon mm -hmm. as a thing. Uh, and so Nintendo is having a huge year-long event, yada, yada, yada. Um, and so they are remaking uh, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl for the Switch, which Madeline is over the moon about. 
And the there. Diamond is my favorite Pokemon game, and it's the best. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, they're also introducing an open world Pokemon. Pokemon Legends Arceus. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes, we have we have a very large fan. Um, you know, she's she's definitely as much an enthusiast about her video games as any of us are about any of ours. Right. Um, she's currently annoyed that Nintendo has yet to uh, bring out any news about uh, Breath of the Wild 2 for Legend of Zelda. Yeah, um, you might not have heard that, but uh, as soon as she heard me say that, she's going, it's been almost two years. So, <laughs> so yeah. So um, there's that. Um, in other news, uh, the CW has brought out its newest Arrowverse show, Superman and Lois. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. It's sitting on my PBR. But uh, reaction has been generally favorable. One of my favorites, uh, just let me call it up here for a second. Yeah, one of my favorite reactions was from John Cryer, who yeah. has been playing Lex Luthor over on Supergirl. And so he tweeted, Superman and Lois is really, really, really good. <laughs> and for a guy who thinks there are already too many Kryptonians in the world, that's saying something. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Stephen Amell, who played Oliver Queen, was apparently so enthusiastic about the pilot that during a commercial break he got uh, Bitsy Tullock who plays Lois and uh, the uh, other fellow yeah, Tyler Hotchlin who plays Clark uh, he got both of them on FaceTime during a commercial break just because he wanted to talk to them about how good, how good it was nice. and his daughter apparently um went completely insane when her dad just started talking to uh, the stars that she was watching. Mm -hmm. So, you know, side benefits. Um, so, yeah. So, another thing that I was wanting to mention, going to the comics side, uh, DC Comics has announced firm dates for the return of the Milestone imprint of books. Uh, so, so yeah, so the interesting thing is, is that they're going digital first. So it's going to be like on Comixology and on uh, DC Universe Infinite. Okay. So uh, really interested to see that stuff, uh, particularly as I am still currently planning to sign up for DC Universe Infinite as soon as it is made available in Canada. Yeah, we've been waiting for a while for that. Well, the nice thing is is that um, it is apparently definitely happening by around sometime this summer. Okay. Because now that there's no longer any multimedia content on the service, it's just the comics and there are no rights conflicts with distributing the comics worldwide. Hmm. So uh, it looks like uh, that is going to happen. And I'll definitely subscribe for a year and see what I think about it. But uh, 
Yeah, so, uh, oh, um, going back to John Cryer for a moment. Apparently, uh, you'll appreciate this, Dev. He and Michael Rosenbaum have been doing kind of a Lex off on Twitter <laughs> back and forth. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, I, I got to say, uh, when I heard about the casting of John Cryer as Lex Luthor in Supergirl, I wasn't quite sure about it. Hmm. Because uh, my entire experience with Cryer has been comedies. Um, I didn't really watch Two and a Half Men. I couldn't stand it, to be honest. Um, but uh, you know, I remembered him from stuff like the John Hughes films, mm -hmm. like way back in the day. And that. But uh, he made a great Lex. Yeah, he did. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure you must have enjoyed him playing off of Tom Welling in Crisis. Oh, I miss Welling so much. He was such a great Superboy. John yeah. Cryer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, that's all I've got right now. I'll let someone else go, and I'll just double check my notes to see if I'm missing anything. Okay. Pat. Well. For the news, everyone's heard, you know, what's a Jenny, Jenny Carrera thing from mm -hmm. uh, Star Wars? Gina, so, uh, Gina Carano. Carano. She's not going to get her own series anymore. <laughs> no. Um, so that's that's the only big one there, which is too bad someone had to, you know, couldn't just, just like, just not say something and you would have had a, you know, spin-off show yeah and she was great i really enjoyed her as um cara dune yeah her character was pretty good it was it was believable it was well done mm -hmm. and yeah uh so that's it uh, we put a couple things on our on our page for some upcoming trailers and stuff like that um so i'm not going to go through them again but that is it for me because again been busy doing other stuff Okay, so the thing I have is that we're currently at 16 entries into the draw. Um, ah. I've been kind of tracking them over the various different formats in which people can can participate. Yeah. So you can uh, like us on Facebook. You can like us on uh, YouTube. You can s follow us on on Switch or it's Twitch. Twitch. <laughs> so th those each of those uh, will get you an entry. Uh, for the Facebook one, I think you have to come on and mention that it's the PEI giveaway. Um, although, if if you've if you've at least liked the the the, the channel or our um, our that's Facebook good, page, yeah. I'm I'm just gonna throw an entry in for you. Same same here. Yeah, that's, um, that's what I'm thinking. There's no point making it too specific, but yeah, you know, yeah. if, they can, if they can, just so other people notice it. I think that's great. I yeah, agree with you. It's, though. it's, it's mainly gonna... mainly for those people who are already um, uh, following us. Like, I'm not going to mm -hmm. enter every person who's a, a follower because there's over 200 people, and we don't know how active they are in whatever. So, for those who are already followers, if they if they want to be included, they're going to have to actually give us a, uh, a message. Oh, I like that. But, I like that. But if any anyone who joins us between the the announcement last Wednesday and the 
two Wednesdays from now when we actually do the draw. Uh, I'm just going to include them automatically. And then for the people who are following us or who are backing us on Patreon, I'm basically giving one entry per tier level. So if they're just in at the $1, they'll get a single entry. If they back us for five, they'll get two. If they back us for 10, they're going to get three. And if they're in for the 20, there's four entries right there into the draw. I like that. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that's that's everything. I don't really have anything else. Yeah. Um, but but I agree with you. Yeah, it makes why. Don't, well, well, don't the main thing it. is that there's there's not much being produced, right? So yeah, really, right there's yeah. there's not much that much for for us to talk about, unfortunately. No, unfortunately. All right. So, do we have anything for segment three? Do you guys want to have anything you want to talk about? Not really. No, unfortunately, because like I said. Uh... PEI is going to be uh, something coming up there. So. Yeah, Pat, you're leaving. Oh, uh, one thing I did want to talk about. Uh, this is something that we discussed at the um, the live stream uh, on Wednesday. Castle Run is moving and also opening two other locations. Apparently one in Carlton Place. Paul, there's a Castle Run opening up in Carlton Place in the month of March for you to visit. Uh, if, if you weren't so um, uh, set on your life course... Um, I would have suggested to TJ that maybe you put your name in to either run the store or at least work at the store. So if you're if you're interested in not doing construction work and you want to work in in gaming, uh, there is an opportunity for you in your backyard. Just something to keep interesting. In mind. Yeah, just something you might want to think about. Um, also, along with the the move that Kessler Run is doing. Uh, in the month of March, hopefully opening uh, the grand opening is kind of aiming for uh, April Fool's Day, April 1st this year. Um, we're going to be doing a live stream for the launch. Um, the The new location, it's kind of like their old location, but it's just a much larger facility. So they're going to have five separate uh, individual rooms that you can kind of rent for the day yeah. to, to play. The rooms are back. Yes, yes, the rooms yes. are back. So once all this COVID stuff's over, I think we're going to potentially move our um, live recordings back to the Kessel Run. Um, and then, of course, we might actually run some games from there as well. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to the potential with the new location. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing they're also talking about doing is this is turning into like a Kessel Run stream for some reason, but uh, they're, they're potentially putting in a studio in one of those rooms, like a, a full-time um, oh. live streaming and and or a podcast recording studio <coughs> complete with you know uh, equipment and okay. um and yeah. potentially people okay. to help you as well so we get paul a side job as a consultant to put the room together for uh you. well you know that's not a terrible <laughs> idea although um we've basically been helping um tj and the people over at kessler run kind of put their equipment together in the first place just mm-hmm. to get it up and running for the live streams that they're currently doing and yeah they saw the stuff we had they're like okay we're gonna use that we're yeah use yeah so so we basically formed the basis of whatever their um their materials are or their their setup is and um and uh they they've kind of become experts uh, almost surpassing us in their knowledge of uh certainly the video aspect i mean i know almost nothing about the video aspect anyway that's uh that's something cool to look forward to so we're going to be doing a live stream uh potentially april 1st um for the one at least the one thing like i i caught part of the live stream where they were talking about all this stuff Mm -hmm. And the one thing I wish I caught is, I believe 
one of the locations they're opening up is in Saskatchewan. That's correct. Yep, in Saskatchewan. And I didn't hear how that happened because Carlton Place. Yeah, I can kind of understand that. Yeah, it's they're, at least nearby. They're based. They're based in Orleans. They have. They sure, have them there. you're going the... past. You're going past Canada. You're going. Yeah, fine. Carlton Place. Uh, so the but reason, Saskatchewan. <laughs> the reason for the Saskatchewan store is um, twofold. One, the guy who's going to be running it is um, a friend or um, potentially um, ex-military um, colleague of TJ's and already works in supply chain management in his personal company. And so um, they've been talking at least about opening uh, franchises of the store. And, uh, and he said, well, listen, I, I, I'm, there's, there's a need for it here in the, the place where I am. I'm willing to run it and I have the expertise. And so they partnered up basically. Yeah. So that's why there's one in Saskatchewan. Hmm. But it is still pretty cool. cool. And unfortunately, I won't be there for that because I'll be in PEI. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, Paul, we're going to need you definitely to maybe step up, take the day off, um, uh, come join us. Uh, I've, I've got Jace coming in as a pinch hitter for Pat. Um, he was potentially going to join us for this this recording, but um, he it was too short notice for him. So in our next recording in March, uh, Jace is going to come on board just to kind of get a, a, a feel for how we're how we do our our um, our banter and our, um, our like a week's hobby, whatever the stuff, the stuff yeah. that we normally <laughs> talk about. So just to get him kind of comfortable with being on mic and being, um, uh, recorded. Yeah. And then he's going to be one of our, uh, co-hosts for the, uh, the, the main launch in, uh, in April. Nice. Hmm. I was going to say, the thing is if with, uh, Kessel Run having the rooms again, I'm, mm -hmm. they'll have no problem letting us use them either. Cause they're, they're really good for that. Oh, for absolutely. Us. So that, that means we'll have a, a place to permanently do our uh, recordings from again, which is yeah. great. And uh, maybe we'll even find a way to set it up so that we can do uh, the game show. Oh, that, that's the third thing I want to talk about. Um, I am I have uh, almost completely finalized how the game show is going to look and run. Um, okay. The one thing that's missing is graphics. I need someone to actually do like the board. So since since we're doing something called Escape from the Basement. I figured everyone's going to start at the bottom of like a long tower and then much like a rock climbing wall, there's going to be pegs all over the place for people to kind <laughs> of jump up to, uh, to, to raise themselves. Um, and, uh, each one of those pegs is going to be represented by a letter. And then, so depending on what letter you, you pick, I'm going to tell you a phrase that uses a word with that letter. And then you need to tell me what that word is, what the missing word is. Uh, it's very similar to a game, um, a British game show called Blockbuster, but their board is way different. The way they do their game is different. Um, so we're kind of stealing the, the premise of how they ask their questions. But other than that, everything is going to be brand spanking new. So we're, we're I, doing an homage, not stealing. We're yeah, doing yeah, an homage yeah. Too. No, no, we're, yeah. we're, we're just borrowing their, um, their yeah. questioning method, methodology. Everything else is going to be unique. Hey, Dev. Yep. Um, we all know someone who might be able to help you with that. Actually, I'm oh. not sure if you knew. I'm not sure if you knew this, but uh, Gavin's wife, Jessie, uh, does graphic design. 
Uh, uh, we tried to get her for uh, doing the new out of the basement graphic and never got back to us. Yeah, that we we we've been trying to get Gavin's wife to help us out with graphic design for like two years now, and it just yeah. hasn't happened. So, if if anyone knows anyone <laughs> else, please let me know. <laughs> Although this this will be kind of less, uh, it'll be a combination of both graphic design and possibly a bit of programming as well. Because I want to kind of I don't want to just have a board where we physically move things. I kind of want to digitize this so that I can um, either using a mouse or whatever, just like literally move an icon up this chain as they're, as they're making their way up the, uh, up the grid board to, to escape. Anyway, it's, it's something that um, maybe, maybe we should look at releasing it as a module for foundry. <laughs> oh, I wonder if you could do that. That would be incredible. That, Oh my God, that yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start looking into doing something like that. Excellent. Thank you. That is an excellent suggestion. Um, I'll potentially cut all this out. Uh, <laughs> so uh, with nothing really further, um, shall we just say thank you for joining us for another episode and see you next time? That works for me, yes. All right. Sounds good. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Out of the Basement podcast. We'd like to thank Radio Free Music for our intro and outro music. Both songs were done by an amazing artist named Silent Partner. The intro music is called Drop and Roll, and the outro music is called Grand Navy Plaza. And we'll have links to both those songs in our show notes. If you liked what you heard and wish to support the show, please consider becoming a backer on Patreon. We can be found at patreon.com slash OOTBpod. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.